0: Welcome to Cauldron of Worlds. Episode 14, Polytheism. Well, hello and welcome to Cauldron of Worlds. I'm Chad Corey and this is episode 3 in season 2. ...of the ongoing series here where we talk about world building and looking at it in particular from a macro to a micro approach. And if you're not familiar with the previous episodes, I encourage you to check those out. We've kind of gone from a very large concept in some ways and kind of worked our way down to different things. And now today we're going to be continuing the exploration of building belief systems and looking at particular the polytheistic belief system. We talked about monotheism last time and uh, kind of got some air thickened there as well. And before I get into that, though, I want to take a little quick reminder here, a little shout-out, that uh, Trial of the Wizard King is now out in stores and libraries and I think just about all over the world on the internet. You can find it, take advantage of it, check it out from libraries, so on and so forth. I would encourage you to do that. I'm looking forward to sharing this second volume of the Wizard King trilogy with you, and hopefully for those that have been following along with the series, it proves to be of an interest and a continual Fun, entertaining story for you as well as you read more about what's going on with the group of mercenaries that got together and they thought they'd get in, get out, get paid kind of thing. And now they're on a whole nother independent and interesting adventure. Actually independent and actually interconnected adventure tied into this, as you'll see as the story unfolds. But I want to make you aware of that. If you're curious about where I'll be doing some events and things, I would encourage you to check out, check out the website at chadcorey.com. And there you'll find uh, again, besides information about the uh, upcoming events and things, I'm doing to promote it. I will be doing some online stuff as well, like I did last tour, and uh, sharing some information uh, with people the best I can about that. It's not necessarily going to be a very nationwide tour yet. Uh, unfortunately, it's still it's still within the Minnesota region for the most part. Uh, getting a little bit beyond that, which you can see on the on the website, but it's basically I'm gonna try and do the best with what I got, so to speak, and reach as many people as I can with getting uh interaction with that front. But there will be some things later on I'm looking at doing uh with the website and social media and stuff to make it available and maybe have the option of getting people signed copies and things like that too. I'm still kind of working out the working out the schematics and the possibilities of all that as we move forward here. So I will definitely keep you informed on that with uh social media, the newsletter. Things of that nature, and if you haven't taken advantage of that yet, I would encourage you to do that so you can kind of be updated for things like this so you can kind of know what's happening on a more more timely basis rather than having to wait once a month for me to share the news with you at that point. I also wanted to say real quick here that Triumph of the Wizard King, the third book in the Wizard King trilogy, is also available for pre-order now, and uh, so you can basically buy book one, you can buy book two, they're in stores now. And then if you want to get your hands on Book 3, you can certainly do that, and you can have the entire trilogy purchased just like that. And it's actually only a few months away. It's coming out in August, so it's not not that far away. It seems like it might be, but it's uh, this whole, <laughs> whole first three months here of the year has gone by pretty quickly, at least for me. So I'm thinking it's probably the same for you, too. But other than that, that's one little sure little shout-out there, like I said, and now we can transition back into the topic for today. And speaking of that topic, probably a lot of you are going to be familiar with it just because our pop culture is so permeated with the idea of polytheism. And it's not too hard to, to grasp the concept. It's pretty basic. You have more than one god. Whether that god is uh, you know, three or five gods, I should say, or if it's a million, or whatever the case might be, it's just multiple groups of, of deities or powers or forces, like we said earlier. It doesn't have to necessarily be... Uh, An entity. It could be anthropomorphic, you know, like different animals and things. It could be pantheistic, shamanic, Uh, like we said, just whatever you think. Abstract concepts and things like that that work in your world. But there's more than one of them, and they're maybe they're equal in power. Maybe they're lesser in power to each other. Maybe there are some that are that are more grouped and stronger in in a certain way than others that are lesser, or whatever the case might be. There's not a whole lot of different ways to break it down, like I was able to do last episode with monotheism. It's basically, like I said, a basic concept, in more than one deity. How you want to do that, though, is really, like I said, up to you. What I'm going to be talking about is some things that I've done in in world settings, or I've seen done in world settings, that I think could be of interest or possible benefit to you as well. And, of course, you have the benefit of keeping these ideas or mixing them around and, and seeing what works well for your particular World study. Now we touched base on the last episode a little bit about having what was called uh, monotheism in principle, polytheism in practice, in that you could have multiple deities and people could have the idea of having a monotheistic commitment to one of those deities in particular. And that's what you maybe could explore for this concept for polytheism as well. But I also want to remind you that there's, like I said, there's different ways of having these deities portrayed. And the weird thing is you could have another concept there from monotheism kind of pulled over to this concept of polytheism, is that you could have multiple avatars or guises or forms of these multiple deities. You could end up having just, you know, a whole plethora of deities, but not all of them are necessarily individual deities in the sense of their their aspects or emanations or incarnations, what have you, of another deity, but there's still more than one deity, if that makes sense. So it's kind of a multiplying, multiplying factor that you could play around with if you really wanted to get crazy on the polytheistic side. Um, but usually, more often than not, what ends up happening is you usually gravitate towards a a handful or a small group of, of deities in general. It's, 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 it's specifically for the fantasy type of world settings. Although, like I said, this could work well for science fantasy, science fiction, any combination of things that you're building for your world setting. But in general, the polytheistic mindset is you you, you don't want to go too crazy because then you end up having a, a diminished return on all these deities. And they begin to be redundant and the, it, they actually take away from rather than add to the aspect of your world. Now, that being said, if you want to do that, you're certainly free to do that, and no one's going to stop you necessarily. But having done uh, several worlds now and in, in the past with multiple deities, I will assure you, as we get into more details and stuff in the future about building religions and things and stuff like that, it can become kind of challenging and uh, I don't want to say frustrating, but just Yeah, challenging is a good word. Challenging in order to make things unique and interesting and uh, purposeful for your world setting. Because, for instance, let's say you had a god of fire, okay? Or a goddess of fire, or an entity of fire, or fire itself. It was a cosmic thing. And now you enter the idea of you're going to have multiple gods of fire. Okay, okay. So you could do things like, you know, the god of destructive fire, the god of beneficial fire, the god of warm fire, the god of, you know, you start having different aspects and attributes of fire itself, and you don't really, there there's no distinguishing characteristics necessarily. I, I mean, you, you could you could add in various components and mix and match things and, and make it more interesting, but if it's all you're doing is just the god of fire and you have multiple gods of fire, it, it like I said, it kinda of diminishes the whole idea and takes away from the unique flavor and purpose and attributes of the deity that you're trying to create for that for that concept. So what I would always encourage people to do is is, is keep it if you want to go big, okay that's one thing, but keep it within a realm of, of reason. Um you can always add more later on once you get the core group developed, but oftentimes what you'll find is there's only so many aspects that you want to have a deity for in life or they kind of gravitate towards basic basic things about life and existence for instance you know life and death war peace prosperity famine uh, harvest the elements the sun the moon you know the cosmic things like that stars stuff like that and then you add in things like family or you add in health you add in Uh, Financial things Relationship things Those are usually what these deities consist of Then you have, you know Maybe it's vocational things So whatever the big vocation is Of course, maybe If you're doing role-playing games You might want to have a deity of of a warrior Or all the different classes or or groups In your your world setting So maybe a god of thieves Or things like that Vocational deities Um, those, those, Those sometimes can work Or those sometimes can be combined Those attributes can be combined With something else so, you know, an obvious, easy combination for a god of thieves would be darkness and the moon or something like that. So you, they have a multiple functional purpose. And that would really be the case if you're looking to do uh, more powerful deities that have a more wider-reaching uh, familiarity and worship structure than, than the lesser ones. And again, that's only going to be based on what you want to accomplish with your world setting. You can do lots of different deities, and you can have them be very specific you know, this is the goddess of, of childbirth, okay? But if that's all she does, she's not necessarily going to have a very big following, at least all the time, with everybody in in that world setting. Not to say you can't do that, but... So, you know, and the same thing, you know, this is the god of the, the winter harvest. Okay, well, what do you do when there's no winter harvest? You know, what do they have any powers or abilities that extend beyond that? You know, this is the god of... Of disease that might be a little bit more you know greater connection There maybe you're either trying to appease the God to stay away from you and not not cause disease or maybe invoke them to cause disease and maladies on others that you don't like kind of thing. so and then of course you could have national deities and that's something that I haven't seen a lot of in fantasy fiction in general although I, I you know there might it might be there I mean there's always new stories and things I don't know obviously. But in general, usually it usually tends to be they, they stick with the basic premise, like I said, you know, the elemental, the the relational, the family things, They're the common stuff you find in most mythologies and most aspects of, of human life. But then you also have that level of the national deity where they could be a specific deity just for that nation. That maybe that's because they created that group of people or maybe that's because that deity was created by their belief in that deity, their national identity produced that deity. Or maybe the deity is a a founder of a great city or someone who rose to the divine from that group or that area or that city, what have you, and that could be something that comes uh, from that as well. And so their connection obviously is very much tied to that particular region or maybe to that particular race of people. And so wherever they go, they will bring that belief with them and so actually spread the influence and power and connection, so to speak, of that deity Wherever they go. So again, these are some concepts that you might want to explore, think about, dig into a little bit. I mean, I've done stuff in the past where it was more of a civic religion, where you have people believing in the city or the identity of the citizens, which produced the deity. They actually, what the deity was just a personification of their belief in themselves, basically, or the city, and that was kind of how they had their religion. So it was a very different—I don't want to say humanistic, but kind of a different way. I mean, it was still a supernatural deity necessarily, but it was a different way of approaching the concept in general. And this is, this is to say nothing of how you are interacting with them, what they look like. I mean, they could be, like we said, anthropomorphic, but they could be just a bunch of animals or animal-like or people with animal heads or attributes. Um, maybe, like, if you have more of a shamanic or tribal type of society, they might be more animals or elemental personification like a big pillar of fire or you know a a strong wind or something you know you know whatever fits the best ideology or the flavor for that particular group world region what have you you can get away with and have fun with i mean it's plus or you can combine a bunch of different things i mean you're not limited with the polytheistic mindset um because you can bring in a lot of elements i mean i'm thinking right now of you basically basically combine two different pantheons when you had the uh, the Viking mythology because you had the veneer and the Azir. I think that's right, Aznir, something like that. You you bring them in, and basically you had two different groups of deities that they kind of blended together, and and used for their own purposes. You ha- it happened all the time with the ancient uh, religions of uh, like Egypt and Rome and Greece, especially they would just kind of adopt. <laughs> Different, different deities. And uh, some of them, they just you know, said that's the same deity, but just d- different name, which you could do for your world too. Maybe they have, maybe there's different representations. Maybe there are multiple gods of fire that are worshipped on the planet, for example, but they're all the same. In that sense, that would make sense. But they're, the ones that they just do, the ones that they break down in their region are just different versions of the same god of fire. But they just call them, you know, call them by a different name and give them a slightly different preference or, or focus for their identity. So that, that could be, easy. you know, maybe there's a god of trees, and that would be a, they're worshipped differently. Maybe one, one way it's portrayed as a poplar, one other way it's a maple tree, another one it's an evergreen, you know, that kind of thing. Where it's it's the same deity, but it's just understood or envisioned or encountered in a different way, a different aspect uh, by some people or some region or some time period. Even it could change throughout time. So again, that's, like I said, a nutshell there of what you can do with all these things. Obviously, you have a lot of freedom to mix and match and and be more flexible with what you do with the world setting and uh, these deities' interaction with it. And the one thing we never really talked about with the monotheism thing, which I'll bring up here because I have a little bit of time left, is the divinity of these beings. And also, if well, this is kind of a unique thing for monotheism, I mean, polytheism, excuse me, because you could have a whole race of gods, and maybe the ones that are well-known or that are presented to people are the ones that do the main talking or the main interaction. Maybe they're the ambassadors that are sent for the rest of the race to interact with and connect with the the, the lesser non-divine beings. So, I don't know, you could have whole multiple millions of divine beings maybe a whole race or races of different divine beings or creatures or what have you and no one really knows who they are maybe they are known collectively or maybe they're worshipped collectively that's a possibility too there's like an unknown unknown name for his unknown personal identity for the deities they're just kind of a group name that you worship but you could also have a group kind of concept but also just have ambassadors like i said or maybe people that you encounter throughout the history that make themselves known at different points in time from that group. And maybe there's others that are from a different group. They could be enemies or allies or a whole lot of combination of different things that I'm sure it could be there in some ways. I just, I don't know everything, obviously. By the time we get this out there, who knows? There could be some more that developed in the time between me recording it and stuff getting produced. But I just wanted to make you aware of it, get some thinking going on, seeing what you'd like to do with that Again, what you decide to ultimately do is going to be your choice and how you want to incorporate that into your world setting. I would just reiterate to make it, make it manageable up front. And if you want to add more nuances and flavors and, and feels to things and, then, and break down things a little more, then you have the option to do that. But see what you get initially for your initial group and then go from there. I mean, you might just want to have a handful of you know three or four deities. Maybe they're all related from the same divine family or something like that. And or maybe they just came aware at the same time and decided to form a, a group that you run the universe or whatever. It all depends on what you want to do and how it fits into your world setting, what the ultimate end goal is to be. Now, the one thing I hinted at earlier, I kind of got sidetracked there for a minute, was the longevity or the divinity of these gods and or forces or whatever you're using. Now, these, these beings could be immortal. They could be eternal. They could be... Long lived, where they would have a long life, but not necessarily be eternal or immortal. You also have the concept of them being finite. So maybe these deities die off every so often, they have to be replaced by something else, or maybe they're reincarnated, or maybe they are—you know—these ideas have to be sustained. These deities have to be sustained by the constant worship and interaction of their followers. And so, if they don't do that, then there's a lessening of their power and ability and ultimately a fading out of their existence. And we could go on and on about all the different various nuances and things that you could do with your world settings, but I'm not going to do that for this particular episode. I think you get the general idea now of what we're talking about and probably have a good idea of what would be beneficial if you're leaning more towards a polytheistic society or culture or whatever you might call it for your belief systems in your world setting. And with that, we'll wrap up this particular episode and look forward to talking to you next month where we begin to talk about the last two aspects of building a belief system. See you then. This podcast is copyright Chad Corey. All rights reserved.